Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. My name is Dave Denniston, and welcome back, my friends, to the latest episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. Well, earlier this year, my friends, I made a promise to you. I promised I would get more folks and more experts to talk about real estate and their experiences in it. Our next guest, he started in real estate with only $3,000. He describes he had gut-wrenching fear and absolutely no real estate experience, and he bought a few parcels of raw land back in 2001, the midst of the tech crash. So that'll be kind of interesting to talk about. This gentleman, he is the owner of Frontier Properties, which is a reputable land and investing company. And he has been buying and selling land full-time since that time. And he's been trying to focus on working smart, not hard. And as a matter of fact, he's done 5,000 land deals today. And prior to this, he had this high stress, I think he'd call it a soulless corporate job and he just felt trapped and burned out. And I know a few of us physicians can relate to that. So now he's in this time in his life where he's obviously investing in land still, but he has this big passion for teaching, for coaching, for mentoring, to help people towards their financial goals. And I'm sure along the way, he's making himself a little bit of money too. So please help me welcome Mark Podolsky. Welcome, Mark. Dave Denniston, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, it's my pleasure, buddy. We were talking beforehand. You're like a grandfather in podcasting, four years into this thing. Oh, I love podcasting. Yeah, I've got the, I've got the three podcasts. I've got the Land Geek podcast, the Best Passive Income Model podcast, and now the current one, the Art of Passive Income Model podcast. Wow, that's a lot of podcasting. I got to catch up, man. I only got one. I know, I know. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so I'd love to know about you and your journey. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of our audience may not have heard of you before. They're not uh, familiar perhaps with real estate. I mentioned in the introduction that you had this soulless corporate job and then you, you made this huge shift. So I'd love for you to sketch out how you got started into real estate and what that journey was like. Yeah, yeah. You know what's so funny is uh, I used to work with dentists um, and I used to be like a dental broker and I'd help them buy and sell practices and then private equity groups started uh, rolling them up and buying up the solo practitioner. And I yep. saw the writing on the wall and this is like in 2000. And I said to my wife, I'm like, let's, let's go to you know, Scottsdale, Arizona. And I got a job as an investment banker. It was, a, it was a nice, easy transition. And I was working with private equity groups because I kind of understood that business. And I was doing mergers and acquisitions and working with you know, middle, mid-market companies, let's say five to 500 million in enterprise value. So nothing, you know, like Goldman Sachs kind of thing. But I hated it. Um, I hated the fact I had no control. I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. It was long, stressful hours. It just wasn't fun. And so my firm hires this guy, and he's telling me that on the side, he's going to these tax deed auctions, and he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them, and he's making a 300% return online. Well, Dave, I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, a great company has over 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow, right? Great company. Your average company 
is at 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the show me state. I don't believe him. So he takes me to New Mexico. I got like three grand saved up for car repairs. And I buy 10 half acre parcels in middle of nowhere, New Mexico for $300 each, right? Sure enough, I do exactly what he tells me to do. I put them up online and they sell for an average price of over $1,200 each, wow. right? So it worked. So I, I, I go to another auction in Arizona. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up properties, pennies on the dollar. And I use all that money that I just made from the first one for the second one in Arizona. I made over $90,000 in under six months working part-time flipping this raw land. So I go to my wife. I go, honey, I think I want to quit my job and invest in raw land full-time. And, and she says, absolutely not. So I said, fine, fine, fine. So I did uh, the land flipping part-time while I was working my investment banking job. It took me 18 months of land flipping before my land investing income exceeded the investment banking income. And I've quit my job in 2001. I had a six-month-old baby. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 5,000 land flips. And I absolutely love it. And I, you know, I, I make the argument it's the best passive income model because with raw land, it's a one-time sale and then we make a cash flow with recurring income because we do owner financing. So it's a one-time sale. We get recurring passive income and we don't have to deal with any of the, the typical headaches of real estate. So no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because <laughs> we're not dealing with a tenant, we don't have to worry about Dodd-Frank or RESPA or any of this onerous real estate legislation, which probably is going to go away with Trump. But regardless, right? So we shuffle paper and we make money. And what I learned from working with dentists is that this was the best way to get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if you're not working, you're not making any money. If a dentist didn't have his hands in someone's mouth or a doctor wasn't doing surgery, there was no passive income. They were high paid plumbers, essentially, right? And so we kind of would talk about, well, what's the ultimate business and the ultimate business was basically you know has no physical inventory it's a one-time sale you get passive income um, high margins and very little competition and raw land really met every single one of those criteria for me interesting well let me interrupt a second mark just uh because there's a few questions i have as, as you're talking through now you you talked about these, this concept of a tax lien. So I want to come back to that. Um, one of the first things that, that came to my mind, though, as, as you were talking through this process, and I think of investing, I think of investing in real estate, and you mentioned about flipping properties like this, is tax implications. So in this show, we talk a lot about slashing your debt and slashing your taxes and living a liberated lifestyle. So in terms of a tax like holding period, we know when you hold something for a year, you have a long-term capital gain. When you have something for less than a year, then you pay short-term capital gains. So I'd love for you to talk maybe a little bit about that holding period. You know, how long are you holding these things for? You talk about flipping it. Do you right, hold it for right. longer than a year, less than a year? What does that look like? Yeah. So my CPA loves me because the majority of my transactions are on land contracts. So I hold the paper and I own the property for over a year to day. And we get the recurring income coming in every single month on an installment sale. And what's interesting is uh, real estate is exempt 
from like a dealer, right? Like if you're a car dealer and let's say I buy a piece of property for $1,000 and I sell it on $20,000 on an installment sale. Well, if you're a dealer in, in a car, you've got to take that whole $20,000 as income on that day of the sale, even though you're getting payments over time. Well, real estate, we are exempt. And my CPA showed me the, the code on that. So with raw land, as far as the tax implications are concerned, yeah, we make 300% ROI on a, on a land flip, but we make over 1,000% when we do owner financing. So we usually get our money out on the down payment or within six months of the down payment. And then we get this, these payments coming in every single month. We use a software program called LoanGeek.io that's a one-time set it and forget it type of system that manages all of that. And so it's, you know, from, a, from a time standpoint, it's very, very simple to do from a tax standpoint, you know, we do have one disadvantage from, uh, you know, typical conventional real estate because you can't depreciate raw land. So you can get capital gains by holding the property year and day like I do, right, on those gains, but you can't depreciate raw land. But Well, and obviously something like land like you did can be significantly cheaper than buying a house on a quarter acre or whatever, you know, uh, apartment building. So I, I could definitely see. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I just bought a property today. It was from $5,000. We pre-sold it for 20. I mean, we're not talking real money here, right? But after yeah. a while, it adds up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, for sure, especially if you're making great returns on it. Now, let's, let's go back to this, this lean idea where... Now, Dave, let's, be, uh, let's, let's just get our uh, terminology right because it's not a lean because there's tax lien investing, which is basically um, like tax lien states. What they'll do is they will you will bid on the interest, so you won't own the underlying asset, right? So we want tax deeds. We want to actually own the property. So there's deed states, there's lien states, and there's a hybrid, right? Where there's you know like Colorado might be a hybrid where some counties will do tax lien auctions and some counties will do tax deed auctions. But to make it really simple, we don't even go to the auction anymore. We actually send offers to people that own the property. And I can walk and you through that if you want. So if I'm understanding you right to kind of bring the audience, bring us into this conversation, it, it sounds like what you're doing is you're trying to find someone that is in a situation where they have a liability on the asset. So what I mean by that is... Um, sounds like in this particular case, we're talking about property taxes. So you own a piece of property like your house, you have to pay property taxes on it. Well, the same is true for land as well, right? Correct. And so someone owns a piece of land, maybe they're not making any money off of it at all because it just has some grass or woods or whatever. And so they're they're paying, having to pay property taxes just for holding the dang thing and maybe they don't have the money. And so they've fallen behind on their property taxes, which might be I don't know, $100 a year or $500 a year, I guess, depending upon the, the size of the thing. And so you're somehow identifying this person who's in this tough spot where they could lose their property. Exactly. So they're distressed in some way. So this asset now becomes a liability. And so what we'll do is we'll contact the county treasurer and we'll get something called the back tax list, right? And then what we'll do is we'll scrub out all the residential, commercial, industrial property where we get just the vacant land. And you can do it by use code VL, right? And then we send them an offer, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar, right? So it's really simple to do. 
We'll look at the market comps, we'll divide by four, and we'll send out an offer. Now, three to 5% of those people will accept that offer. We go through our due diligence and we go through a property report, make sure that there's no liens, encumbrances, there's access, something compelling about the property, you know, all these things that you have to learn about raw land. And then we close with our seller. Now we own the property, we get the deed, and then we flip it online and then we sell that property typically at about a thousand percent return on investment because we're getting our money out on the down payment and then we have this passive income stream coming in every single month until they pay off their note. So the passive income stream is coming from where? So the passive income stream is coming from, well, let me just walk you through it. So Dave, where, where do you live? I live in Bloomington, Minnesota. <laughs> okay. So you live in Bloomington, Minnesota. And let's say you own a piece of property in Texas, right? And you owe $100 in back taxes. So you are advertising to the world, you no longer value that piece of raw land, right? Because maybe you're never going to go out there. You keep getting these tax bills. You're like, well, I'm never going to go out to Texas. I'm, I'm very happy in my snowmobile in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to pay it. So now you get an offer from me and you're like, oh, this is kind of low, but it's better than nothing because eventually you're going to lose that property to a tax lien or tax deed sale, right? So you're like, okay, just like anything else in life, we don't want to use anymore. You sell it to me 30 cents on the dollar and now I own it. Now let's say that I, I paid a thousand dollars for it from you, right? And I, and you owed a hundred dollars in back taxes. So I pay the back taxes. So now I'm into it for $1,100 and then I will sell it for about a car payment, right? So I want to make it irresistible. So what I might do is I might get, you know, a thousand dollars down two forty nine a month at 8.7% interest, right? So let me, let me stop you right there. So you, you found a buyer online right. and right. the buyer isn't buying it in all cash. I suppose they could. They um, could, but, but we don't want them to because then, we, then we're just selling it for cash. We want terms. And the reason you want terms is in order to make it past the one-year mark? Or what, why are you... Well, it's, it's past that? the one-year mark, but now I've, I've actually created a passive income stream for myself, right? So because now I have a borrower who is making payments every single month to own that property at $10,000. Now, I've gotten my principal out typically on the down payment, Right, but now they're paying two forty nine a month for the next eight years at eight point seven percent interest. Sure. So you can negotiate on the terms. So whether it's the principal or the interest amount, there's lots of ways you can play with this. Because normally, I know getting financing on land is difficult, right? Yeah, it's it's almost impossible. So you have to do owner financing. Exactly. Because I think it's normally what you have to have like fifty or fifty percent in. So if you want to buy a million dollar ranch, let's say, right you'd have to put 500,000 in and then borrow 500,000. Typically you'd have to get, you know, like a construction loan. Like you'd have to do something to improve that property. You can't just buy raw land. A bank wouldn't like it. The banks don't like raw land, which is another great reason this this niche is so non-competitive. So it sounds like from your perspective that on our end as the buyer that we would go and we'd use our cash to buy the property. So we're not borrowing um, yeah, because you wouldn't need to borrow for $1,000 typically. Now, if you did, if you didn't have any money, then certainly you could find an investor that you'd be, you would be happy to, you know, 
make 500%. And so just, just re-walking through the process of what you said so far, Mark, because I want to make sure I capture it. So first there's this process of either using a software or going to the county office and first finding the property uh, out there that are, are land uh, where there's not a residence. And then second, you send out some sort of, um, you do some sort of screening even there, and then you send out a mailing that then you send the mailing out to those people of those three to 5% respond. Then of the responders, then you do some other filtering and then you start making offers. Did I capture no, no, you that? Then you start buying, right? If so you've already buying. made your offers, then you're gonna start buying. Got it. So you, you buy and now on this other side now, you're looking at, now you get, essentially get your money back by selling it to someone else, which you're doing, you're do, doing that online. Did I capture right, that? Right, right. So we want to go to places where people are looking for raw land, right? So we want to be in the convincing business. We want to go to people that have already told themselves the story that raw land is valuable, right? So there's, you know, there's lots of different places to market. Now, the best place to market, Dave, is we have a built-in best buyer. Can you want to guess who it is? Uncle Sam? No, no. It's the neighbors, Ah, the neighbors, sure. they live there. They know what's out there, right? And so you send them a letter saying, hey, before I take this to the open market and you're not going to know who your neighbor is, I'm going to give you first chance and first crack at making your land parcel even larger and protecting your views and protecting your investment, right? Now, what will happen is sometimes is they'll be like, oh, I, I want to sell too. And now you've got an even larger parcel to sell. Right now, let's say, for example, the neighbors pass. The next best place to go to is what we call our buyers list. So we have uh, an opt-in strategy. Like I have a, a squeeze page called threefatallandbuyingmistakes.com. And this is for people. I'm teaching them how to become a better land investor and how to avoid the three fatal land buying mistakes. They give me their email address in exchange. I give them this white paper. Right. And then I send them a promotion every single week. Deal of the week. Right. And then I sell property that way. So every week I'm selling property. Now, the other place I can go is this little website, Dave, you've probably never heard of called Craigslist. But <laughs> Craigslist. it's the 10th most trafficked website in the United States. And you would not believe how many people buy property every single day from us on Craigslist. And then there's this another little website that you probably never heard of called Facebook. And you go to buy sell groups on Facebook and you put on your property there and it sells. And then if you don't sell on Facebook, you don't sell on Craigslist, you go to landandfarm.com, landwatch.com, uh, landsofamerica.com, landhub.com. It's a massive market. There is a lust for land in this country and nobody doing this. Well, this is really interesting. I think it's so educational. Obviously, there's, there's people that might be interested in this kind of thing. I'd love to know from you, Mark, you know, as you look out there, you know, I, I do believe that to a degree, that there's no free lunch, right? Coming from the investment banking world, as you have, there's there gets to be arbitrage over time, and over time, more and more people get to be crowded into a marketplace. So at some point, like you look at foreclosures, right? Foreclosures used to be this hot thing that was great for a while, but then everyone kind of crowds into it. What would you say to someone that's listening out there and saying that, I don't believe this, you know, I don't think this can exist forever. Maybe there is an opportunity now but maybe there's a window of opportunity. What do you think about that? Well, I've been doing this full time since 2001 and every year except for 2010, my business has gone up. So, and I keep teaching more and more people how to do it. 
And what I've discovered is that there's 3,007 counties. There's billions of acres of land. And there are no hedge funds. There are no private equity groups. There's no big money in our niche, right? You, me, a million other people could start investing in this niche and we will run out of money before we run out of deal flow. I really believe that the market is massive. And the fact that you don't go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land, no one's gonna start doing this. It's not sexy. It's shuffling paper and making money. So the people that I find that do this are systems and process-oriented people because with software, we're now 90% automated. So to give you an example, I did 192 deals last year working two hours a week in Frontier Properties because it's all automated with software. Interesting. So, but don't you agree that there has to be a point though that that changes? I mean, obviously there's billions of dollars of land, but not all billions of dollars of land has tax lien on it. Right. No, I mean, but, but you know, even if you could only buy 1% of those billion, right? How many parcels could you buy before you run out of money? Like for example, there's one County in Texas that has 28,000 lots that are, have tax, you know, that are, have back taxes on them. 28,000, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to a real estate investment meeting, a RIA meeting, and there's 100 people in that room, Dave, you'll be the only land guy. 99 of them are child chasing houses. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, they want to yeah. flip houses. They want to wholesale houses. That is a competitive market. I think that's a fair point. I think that's totally a fair point. Now, um, one of the things that I, I want to transition to, Mark, as, as we look at this, physicians are people that have not had a business education because they've spent so much time in medical school, in training, in residency. And I would love to hear from you to tap into your wisdom. We don't have a whole month, but uh, what do you think is the best business lesson that you'd like to pass on to doctors that are listening here today? Yeah, so Dr. Bob Demick was one of my clients, um, and he's an oral surgeon. Uh, and he's flipping land. He's making between eight and 10000 a month, just part-time um, doing this. And when Bob first started, he really struggled with the tech piece of it. He just was not technologically... Uh, competent, like Excel, right? What would, would take us two seconds, it would take him three hours to do something in Excel. And I think the business lesson that you really need to take away from, from any kind of investment is knowing what you know and knowing what you're good at, right? And learning what really makes you money in this business. And there's only two things that make money in real estate. It's mailing and marketing. If you buy any asset, it doesn't have to be raw land, any asset, 23 cents a dollar, I guarantee there's on the other, someone's on the other end of that transaction, right? So with raw land, it's very simple. All you have is a buyer, a piece of land, and a seller. That's it, right? Um, you don't have to worry about financing. You don't have to worry about all these other more you know, uh, complicated types of things in our niche. Now, what you have to understand is, okay, do I, does Bob Demick, need to understand how to work Excel. No, he can go on fiverr.com and find a kid in you know, the Philippines who's an Excel ninja to do exactly what he wants to do, right? Does Bob need to know how to create a website and manage a website? Absolutely not. He can go on you know, elance or odesk.com 
and he can outsource it, right? So you need to leverage your time, you need to leverage your expertise and, and really focus every single day on being an entrepreneur. Now you've got to understand the basics of any business, but should you be working every single day in that business? Absolutely not. So we look at what's our comparative advantage, right? So LeBron James might be able to type 100 words per minute. Should he be typing? <laughs> no, absolutely not. All that guy should be doing is playing basketball, right? He has no, the comparative endorsement advantage. deals. He should be on Nike commercials every day. Or Nike commercials. That's, the, that's, that's what he should be doing. So understanding where you should be spending your time is really critical in business, especially when you're coming from a medical background. You're a high income earner, right? And if you're going to start doing investing or starting to start, you know, a little side hustle, you want passive income, then start leveraging your time even more. Always be compounding your time and learning how to do that and building a team once you get the knowledge and the depth of knowledge down. Which if you're if you've gone through medical school, understanding what I do is really basic and simple. Well, Mark, I think that's a great lesson for people to consider, you know, is is maybe you don't have time to do it all. And certainly you have to understand this stuff first. So certainly don't go into these things blind, which I think is a big mistake that many doctors make. You know, they go and invest in a winery in the Cayman Islands, but they, they're not part of the business. They don't understand it. They're not there. Uh, so getting dirty and getting your, your hands in the soil to understand how this stuff works, I, I can't emphasize enough is so important. And I think what, what Mark is doing here of empowering us with some great information is is a great way to do it. Now, Mark, I'd love to, we talked about a lot of really good positive things. I'd love to know, what's the number one mistake that you made in this process? Maybe a bad deal, or maybe uh, you set something up incorrectly that you think our listeners can learn from. Uh, one of my biggest mistakes was not doing a takedown deal in this community in Pennsylvania. So, I was, I was making so much money, Dave, in about 2006. Remember, remember the real estate market was like in 2006? Oh, burning up. Yeah. I mean, I was full of myself. You wouldn't, you, you'd be hard to find a more arrogant guy, right? Like I could just throw up any property. I was, <laughs> and I was making so much money. So I go to this community and they had their overdeveloped community in Pennsylvania. They had a thousand lots that had uh, property owners association liens and back taxes. So I go in, I fly in, and I'm wearing my suit, and I say, look, you've got dead money here. Even if I sell these properties for a dollar, and I get a new person paying taxes, I get a new person paying property owners, owners association fees, it's more money than what you're getting now. I'm gonna take that dead money, I'm gonna make it live. And I negotiated this deal for about two years, right? Now, I, they say, okay, fine, buy all 1,000 lots, and we'll sell them to you for 50 bucks a lot. And I said, great. And so I bought them all, right? What I should have done, and because I was so arrogant, I didn't go to a, a mentor or a business mentor and said, you know, how, how would you structure this deal and get another set of eyes on it? I should have just bought 10 at a time, made a little tiny bet. Maybe the community wasn't gonna sell, right? So, but instead I bought all of them. Now, I did sell the first 100 and I made about $100,000 on that deal. But when I factored in my time and flying back and forth and the opportunity cost of it, it's the first deal I consider I've actually lost money mm. or broke even. When I, you know, I always, think, I always think about, well, what's my effective hourly rate? And when I look back on that deal, 
I think I actually broke even um, with my time. So if I would have done it over again, I would have just made tiny bets, bought 10 at a time, right? Sold 10, bought another 10. Because if the market turned on me like it did in 2008, then I wouldn't have been stuck with all these lots and I wouldn't have lost face with that community because I, you know, I told them, oh, I'll, buy, I'll be able to sell these really fast. So well, that, that was really a, a, a good lesson. And then after that, I got a business mentor, um, Ori, who's just a genius. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice, you know, delicious piece of humble pie. That's good. Well, I think having um, that experience probably grounded you for the future, right? I mean, you learn from your mistakes. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Mark, as, as we're wrapping up this interview, because we don't have forever together, I would just love to know, how do you think about financial freedom for yourself? Do you think you've achieved it? Is it a work in progress? You know, how would you look at your personal financial freedom with, with where you're at right now? Well, I have it, and I've had it for a while now because my passive income exceeds my fixed expenses. So I'm really working because I want to um, and not because I have to. So in that definition, I would say I'm financially free. And what I do now, I do because it makes me happy. So, you know, back in 2001 to 2000 and say nine or 10, right? Nobody ever thanked me for, you know, selling them a piece of raw land, right? Like it was really good for five people, my family, but it wasn't really, it really, really you know, it didn't really change anyone's life. Now, you know, I have so many clients that I've changed their lives and it's so humbling to me when they tell me, hey, Mark, before I met you, you know, um, I wasn't, you know, happy or I wasn't financially free and now I can quit my job or I've, I've just retired my wife. Now she can stay at home and raise the kids. Uh, I got an email yesterday from Eric Peterson. He made $100,000 as a side hustle uh, last year just flipping raw land and that was his goal and he hit it. Um, I've got a, a client who makes 10,000 a month of passive income and he makes more money working two hours a week in his land investing business than he does as a full-time firefighter. And that allows him to spend more time with his family and, and his friends. And it, it's, you know, I think helping other people for me is now my new calling as opposed to just, you know, buying and selling raw land and just helping my family. So, uh, I'm not only am I financially free, but I, I really feel like if I die tomorrow, I can die in peace because I've, I've made a difference in, in, in other people's lives. That's good. Um, well, Mark, I'd love to know, I know you have a number of different courses. You kind of have your, your own little academy over there where you teach people this stuff as you kind of reference throughout here. So um, where can people find you and locate you online? Yeah, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. Thelandgeek.com or start on iTunes with uh, one of the podcasts. Which you have three of them, which we will link all of these in the show notes, my friends. So if you don't have time to write this down, just know you can click on the description. It'll be towards the bottom of, of the show notes here. Well, well, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Do you have any closing thoughts that you want to leave with us right now as we transition out? Uh, you know, I think for doctors, I think it's really important that they understand um, the concept of solo economic dependency and you know, it's an uncertain world and certainly it doesn't have to be raw land, but they do, they do need, I think a passive income piece in their lives. 
And I think real estate is the simplest way to do it. But um, I think that the point being that um, there, there are many ways to acquire wealth. And, and personally, I believe, and I know many of our listeners believe, that being diversified is a good thing to do. So whether I, yeah, I agree, I'm sorry if I if I insulted. So my friends, I would really encourage you just to keep learning. You know, you, you've spent so much time practicing medicine, and I know many of us out there are burned out at this stage. And as you look for ways to not have to work as hard, you know, Mark's presenting some great ideas that are worth exploring and understanding. And worst case scenario, even if you never do it. Maybe it's something you can come back to down the line. So I'd encourage you, check out Mark's resources, check out his podcast. Obviously, there's a lot of free resources he's put out there over the years, four years worth of three different podcasts that are to help you and to help you understand business and how to make money. And so, and so Mark, um, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, no, I, I, I think um, uh, we, we covered a lot. And certainly, if they want to learn more, um, you know, I'm an... an an inch wide and a mile deep uh, on land investing. So just learn more at thelandgeek.com if you think that this is something uh, you want to make a little tiny bet on. Because even if you started with me with you know three thousand dollars, you could you know try it and you know maybe make twelve thousand and 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 go from there. Very good. All right, Mark. Well, thank you again for being with us. And my friends, if you are a physician or if you're someone else servicing physicians, you want to tell your story. I would love to have you on the next Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. So make sure to contact me, Dave, at drfreedompodcast.com or on my website at www.drfreedompodcast.com. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Deniston. Thank you so much for joining us. And I have a favor to ask my friends, if you got some value from this podcast or you got tremendous value from this podcast, I would like you to just take a quick minute and do a review on iTunes. It really helps this show and it would mean a lot to me. And remember my friends, make sure to cut your debt, cut your taxes and live a liberal lifestyle.